My name is Grace, and thanks for tuning in to the GT Young Adults Podcast. We're a community, a part of GT Church in Victoria, BC. We love Jesus and have a passion to learn and live like Him and have a ton of fun doing it. All of the messages and conversations you find here will point you to His truth and His hope, so lean into whatever God wants to speak to you today. Enjoy what you're about to hear, and thanks for listening. If you are uh, new here tonight, we're in uh, week number two of a series called The Christian Walk. And uh, this series is where we, we're taking a deep dive, if you will. We're journeying through, we're walking through, however you want to say it, the book of Ephesians. Um, but we're not just like, it's not chapter by chapter. That's not why it's called The Christian Walk. The term walk shows up in the, uh, the book of Ephesians seven, eight times. And so we thought, what an interesting perspective that Paul has when he, write, when he writes this letter. And so for us, to, uh, for, for kind of the part of the summer, we wanted to kind of look in, in a deeper, have a deeper look at the book of Ephesians, specifically because of the way Paul breaks it down. The first three chapters, he talks a lot about like who we worship and, and why Jesus and, and in that way. But the second half of the book really is the how-to, the, the way we are called to live. And this term walk is not just to like strut or something. It's the manner by which we actually live our lives every single day. And I know, I think as I just have more conversations with young adults and and, and anyone for that matter, it's always this tension of like, how do I just live this thing out, right? Like, yes, Jesus, but but now what? And so we were really excited to, to look into this book a little bit further, this how to be a Christian 101 almost, if you will. And so today we're in, <clears throat> excuse me, we're in Ephesians 2. So if you have a Bible, you can go ahead and get there. Uh, there is a blue Bible in front of you, um, which you can totally grab. We're gonna be on page, where is it? It's in like the 800 somewhere in there, or it'll just be on the screen, which also works as well. Um, and so go ahead, grab that. Ephesians 2, I'm gonna read some scripture. Uh, the title of tonight's sermon is From Grace to good works, from grace to good works. Uh, Ephesians 2, verse 1. Sorry, I'll just do 1, 2 through 3 to start. As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins, in which you used to live when you followed the ways, or another, another version in ESV specifically is when you walked in the ways. Okay, there's that word walk. In which you, excuse me, uh, in which you used to live, in, when, in which you used to walk when you followed the ways of this world and the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. Verse three, all of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh, following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath. Aren't you glad you came to church tonight? (laughs) A little light scripture to tee us off, right? Not so bad. Everyone wants the funny guy. Everyone wants the joke off the top. Well, boom, take that. This is some heavy scripture, right? Like it really is. As for you, you were dead in your sins and transgressions, right? In which you used to live. All of us also lived among them at one point. It's like, okay, Paul, we get it. That term there, that, that kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work, is really, excuse me, Jewish terminology, Jewish language for the enemy, for the devil. That's what he's getting at. Paul is painting, friends, a realistic picture of, of, what, of, of what sin is and what it does. Sin does not pick and choose. Sin doesn't discriminate. 
Sin doesn't say Robbie today and Aaron tomorrow. Like that's not how it goes. He's saying sin is real. Sin affects everybody. It's a reality. Within this room, within our hearts, within our, within our daily walk, like it happens. This term sin in the Greek is this hermatia, which is this failure to hit the target. It's actually like a shooting term. This tr- term transgression, peripatomia, which is this failure to grasp. Actually, the greater definition is, is a, a, um, a slipping away from the truth. Like your hand, would, like slipping off something. It's this, you were dead in the ways that you slipped away from the truth. You were dead in the ways that you missed the mark. It's this central idea that it's a failure to make life what it could be and what God has called us to live and how he's asked us to live. All of us also lived among them at one time. All of us. Romans 3.23, for we all fall short of the glory of God, right? It's really a reference to Genesis 3. And if if you know your Bible at all, you would go to Genesis 3 and see the fall, right? Like that's when sin entered the world. And really we had this, the one theologian I heard say like this, and it was really cool the way he described it, is, is we had kind of this beautiful linear oasis that God had made. But when sin entered the world, it fractured the system. Friends, in that moment, in that moment of sin, in that fracture, Sin entered the world, and from then on there until Jesus comes back, there will be sin. There will be sickness. There will be hurt. There will be suffering. There will be pain. There will be selfishness. There will be pride. In that moment, there was a fracture, and everything changed. Sin entered the world. Sin is in the world. We often use the terms you may hear in Christian language, like, we're born sinners. I I get that. Like, you know, you see it from a young age. Like we just had LJ four or five months ago. And, and when I look at LJ, Levi, our, our youngest, I'm like, this guy is about as perfect as he gets. You know, like you can't do much wrong when you're four months old. Like he's just so wonderful, so beautiful with the fattest head ever. Like it's so in proportionate to the rest of his body. It's like, what a noggin on you, sweet boy. Like he's just this little, you know what I mean? But, but they get a little older, like four and six. And you're like, yeah, you're a bunch of sinners running around my house right now. It's true. Like, George and Bo, like, just fighting over, like, this stupid, like, over Cheerios. I'm just like, what? What's the last bit of Honey Nut? I don't care if it's the last bit of Honey Nut on the planet. Why are you punching each other, you know? Like, they just, they go at it, and they're selfish. Like, Bo lately is getting really angry, and he'll be like, Georgia, and he'll, like, wind up. But it's so cute because he doesn't know how to punch, so he punches his own head. He's done that. He'll be like, oh, come on. Like, he's just, there's anger, right? You see it. He's never, I've never raised my fists at him. Like, where does he get that? Where does that come from? The sinful nature in us. No matter if you're a Christian or not, I think we could all agree. Like, if I did a poll, I think I would get 100%. We could all agree that nobody is perfect. Nobody's perfect. We've all missed it. But this isn't just like a, nobody's perfect. I was mean to my friends once. This is, this is I'm talking spiritually We've all fallen short. We've all taken our own road and, and sinned against God. I used to have a friend who used to say, oh, I didn't bite the apple. I didn't eat the fruit. I'm like, man, what a, how much hubris and pride you need to have to say something like that. So I think we could agree what's, that, that, that sin is here, sin is real. Um, we've all sinned before, yes. Okay, fine, I'll give you that, Pastor Lou. Like, that's, that, whatever. But what's interesting for us today as a culture, I think our definition of sin and God's definition of sin is very different. 
I think this is where we find our tension. This is where we find, like, find the problem in our own life because we're so numb to the ways of the world that we won't admit that we're kind of on this pathway to wrath. I mean this. We're so numb to the comforts and to the culture. We're so like, uh, like we even sang, like, get, get me out of me being a creature of comfort. We sang that tonight because we know if we just sit in what the world has to offer, we just think it's fine. Well, it must just be a blessing. Well, it must just be this. And we begin to actually find ourselves on a pathway which, and to a word we don't like, the term wrath. That never, that doesn't, we don't like that in our theology. No, no, I have, he's a good, good father. That's who he is, right? We sing that song. We don't like the idea that there might be some wrath. Friends, please hear me. There, where there is sin, there is consequence. Where there is sin, there is effect and, and hurt and pain on the other side. But praise be to God that Jesus took all the pain and all the wrath and all the hurt on the cross. Friends, that is why we celebrate, amen? So I know we don't like it, but it landed somewhere and it landed on Jesus. Not you, not me, it landed on him because he loves you and he's for you and we'll get to that in a minute. I've been talking to some people lately who are part of AA. It's really interesting hearing their stories. One person in specific I think about, he, he's just so self-aware and honest about his, his past addiction. It's actually very, like, like, bad term, I guess, but sobering for me. It is. But I don't have to try and be like this perfect pastor who's got all figured out. He's just very honest about all of his wrongdoings because that's step five, and he talks about it. That you admit, you confess, you, 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 you truly, you, you admit to God or higher power in a, yourself and definitely to one other person the exact nature of your wrongs. And he's like, you know why I do that? Because then it shows how powerful recovery can be. And friends, you've heard me say this, but if we minimize sin, if we try and put it in this little box and never talk about it, then we also minimize the power and love and grace and impact of Jesus. <clears throat> Are you following me? So if I minimize and don't talk about sin, then we don't realize how, just how wonderful and beautiful and incredible Jesus is and the cross was. Then we don't, then it's just like, what's the point? And so I, I don't wanna like rush past sin because if we do, then, then we're diminishing everything that God did on the cross. I think sometimes we struggle and we straddle this line of worldly and godly. We're kind of back and forth. We're not really sure where to land. We're not really sure what to do. Um, recently, I was doing a wedding. Maybe this is a better, like, I can, I can give you a bit of an illustration to, to share my point. I was recently um, doing a wedding, and I was, we were at the wedding rehearsal uh, for somebody in this community. It was fun. And we were down in Oak Bay at their house doing a rehearsal, and it's really fun. And I'm at the front and, and, and doing all the stuff and telling people where to go. Like, no, not too fast. No, don't walk like that. Like, every time we do wedding rehearsals, it's so funny to watch people that they think you have to do. It's like, no, just float, right? Just float, like Miss Congeniality, whatever it is. Like, you know what I mean? Like, just you got to teach people that stuff. And so I'm standing here, and, and they're doing their thing, and I'm telling them when to go, and Josh is playing the music, and we're trying to nail it. And, and Trina's there with the kids, and Bo's like a hurricane. He's running around, doing his thing, finding caterpillars, and George is doing her thing. And, and out of nowhere, one of the groomsmen or bridesmaids is just like, oh, no. And I see Trina up and run. And, and what had happened is Bo had come to this ledge. And, and below was the ocean. Um, actually, excuse me. Further out was the ocean. And below right here was just like big bush. And we, I don't think anyone knew what it was, but we didn't, I didn't know. I don't even think the owners really knew. Like six feet 
out and four or five feet down, just pure blackberry bush everywhere. And Bo had come to this ledge and he kind of looked at it and like one of those. And I think he really thought in his heart like it was stable enough that if he stepped on it, he could get to the water and throw some rocks or something. And in that moment, he went for it and dropped four feet into blackberry bush. And of course, you know, we're all kind of, we rush over it. In that moment, what do you do? Do you just try and push aside lightly black? No, you pick your kid up, you pull him out as fast as you can. So that's what I did. I just grabbed his arm, pulled him out right away. And, and he had scratches, friends, all over his body, everywhere, butt, cheek, back, shin, knee, on his thumb, like a real gash. He kept, my thumb, my thumb, dad. Actually, like one day later though, he's like, check on my thumb. Look at my thumb. Pretty cool, hey, dad? Thumb. He kept doing this all the time. Bo already gives like the best thumbs up. So then he just walked around. He had like a permanent thumbs up. So what up? Thumb. Thumb. <laughs> and I think sometimes we get to this ledge and we're like, maybe that's okay. Maybe that'll hold me up. It's not a big deal. I don't think God cares if I just tap into that a little bit or it's not a big deal if I just sleep with my girlfriend or boyfriend. That's not like we love each other. It's different, Lord. Whatever, I can go and party on Friday nights and it's not gonna affect my heart, it's not gonna change me, it doesn't matter. I can skim a little here and there, it doesn't matter with money and business, it's fine. And we're at this point where I'm telling you we're going to fall, it's going to hurt, it's going to cause, there's gonna be consequence, we're gonna be in pain. And here's what's so sad, is that we could actually fall, feel the consequences of our sin, get back up, and we may find ourselves here again again looking at the same ledge, asking the same question, like maybe this time, maybe this time it will be okay. The answer is it won't be. The Bible says, I think it's Romans 6, that the wages of sin is death. Friends, like, I'm not trying to be heavy on purpose. It's not my heart. You guys know me, it's not my style. I'm not trying to be gloomy. I'm not trying to be disheartening. I just really believe what I'm saying that if we don't take the time to recognize the pain and the hurt and the heaviness of sin, we, we can't see the glory and the beauty and the saving grace of Jesus. We can't fully see his power and his love for you and for me and the sacrifice he made. I really think that just the forbiddenness of sin is what pulls us in sometimes. It was Mark Twain who said there is a charm about the forbidden that makes it unspeakably desirable. And I think often in our heart and our mind, we want that thing that we're not allowed to have. But it's just, too many kid analogies. I'll leave that story for another time. Like it's just, we just see something and we want it even though we know it probably isn't beneficial for us. I wanna take some time in this service to give some examples, but I wanted to share this like precursor. These are things I've just been thinking about and wrestling with. And I would be super excited to get some DMs or, or emails about this stuff because I'm just, I'm just thinking on this stuff more. I'm just thinking about culture more because I don't want to be the guy, the pastor, the preacher who's always like, the culture is evil. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't want to say those things, but at the same time, I want to have that wrestle, that appropriate wrestle with tension in the things that I, like, I believe are encouraging and good for us and also which things aren't. You know what I mean? Like, I, I wanna wrestle that through. So I'm, I'm open to feedback on this. I just think, I was just thinking about this, honestly. I love stand-up comedy. I think it's, it's just enjoyable for me. It's a way to decompress. And so I, uh, but there's just like so much material out there that I know is just so not, so not healthy and appropriate, you know? 
And so I listen to a, lot, a few podcasts and they, they really, like, they're just funny. I love them. They're so, i just being honest with you. And then lately I just felt this like deep conviction of like, what are you doing? Like, you don't want that to be in your heart for your heart is the wellspring of life, you know? I just wonder if there's some podcast maybe you tune into that you know is like, man, this isn't just like, maybe not good. This is like flat out like dirty, and like not, not godly. In fact, this is like, making fun of the very faith I profess. Even some music. Man, Harry Styles is all over it, hey, right now? Like, he's just a really big deal. Where did that come from? I didn't see it coming, did you? Yes, <laughs> I didn't. I'm still, I'm just just on the Bieber train, you know what I'm saying? Poor guy, his face. I don't know, like, I just feel like I see everyone, like, I saw something today that was like, he was singing a song and they're all chanting back at them and, and, and the, the caption was like, this was just some reel that popped up and it was like, you could only wish to be at a concert screaming and worshiping Harry Styles. And I just thought, whoa, whoa, hold on a second. Like when he openly comes out and says his last album is all about sex and sadness, I just wonder what that's doing for your heart and your soul. Listen, all music, I think, can honestly, there's some really great music. It doesn't, I'm not saying you have to go home and listen to Praise 106.5 tonight. That's not what I'm saying. I'm asking you to wrestle with the tension. I'm asking for God to speak to you. Uh, a person in this community posted something really interesting about the, the most recent Doctor Strange movie. I have not seen it. I'm just throwing this out there. They just felt like there was a lot of biblical reference, right, but with a secular mindset. And it was this, the point that the person was actually making was really beautiful. He was saying, if Christian creatives don't step into the secular world and show the beauty of the creativeness that God has put in them, then, then people with a secular worldview will try and take over that space. That was the point. And I thought that was a really cool perspective. I was really encouraged by that. And so I don't know, like, is there, is there a problem if Dr. Strange is turning water into wine at a party? Is it just a reference that we can, you know, do you guys know, hear what I'm saying? I'm saying it's a tension that I'm wrestling with and I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you tonight not to feel ashamed for listening to Harry on the way home. That's not what I'm saying. I'm asking for you with the spirit inside of you to wrestle the tension. Is this godly? Is this worldly? Is this helpful? Is this hurtful? Does this pull me in to the savior and to grace and to love? Or does this really just the world and I'm just following those ways? Because I'm just saying, as we follow those ways, Paul is writing, it leads to death. So that's why I say that. Can you guys hear me on that? I just wanna make sure that you don't feel ashamed of anything you're listening to or watching right now. That's not what I'm trying to say. I feel this conviction of some stuff and I've just seen some stuff and I'm just thinking it through and I'm processing that. And I want you to too. Do too, do. I wanna do it with you. I do, I really mean that. I wanna hear your heart. I'd love to hear perspective. I'd love, I'd love for that to be the case. Now I wanna do something that's a little more, okay? We got through it. We talked about sin, the heaviness, the tension there. Can we all take a deep breath on three? One, two, three. Actually, I learned this morning it's much better if you do it through the nostrils, just the nostrils. One, two, three. I don't know if it's better or not. I don't know. It's what he said. It's what he told me. I want to read this whole chunk of scripture now, one through seven, actually. I want to read it all back. I think this is some of Paul's best writing. So hear this, Okay. Close your eyes if you want, open your heart, stretch out your hands, but hear this scripture because it changes everything to what we just talked about. As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live when you followed the ways or walked in the ways of this world and the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. 
All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath. But, but because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive in Christ, even when we were dead in our transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us through Christ Jesus. Come on, somebody. I, this, this guy came up to me after I read this this morning. He said, you know what I learned in school? As soon as you see, see the word but, everything before it is erased. And I just thought, what a beautiful picture. What a beautiful picture. All this stuff leads to death. Yes, sin is painful. But God, who is rich in mercy, comes down, dies on a cross for you and for me. His love is lavished upon us. Friends, are you seeing this? Christ Jesus has taken this sin. He's taken this hurt. He's taken this pain. It is by grace you have been saved. Everything is different now. It's all been changed. This is the beauty. This is the good news that somebody needed to hear tonight. Grace, the unmerited favor of God. It's the most precious gift. His grace is all you need, right? Like, sorry, John Lennon. Like, it's not a lot. It's, it's God's grace. It's his grace, friends. And so, yeah, I paint a heavy picture of sin, but guess what? There's such a greater picture, a more bold picture, a stronger picture of his grace, which is for you and it's for me and it's the free gift, the unmerited favor of Jesus. You can't earn it. You can't buy it. It's the best, friends. Are you hearing me tonight? This is why we come and worship. This is why we sing. This is why we get excited. And this is what we spend the most of our time. Absolutely. I need you to hear it tonight. I mentioned last week how, how Paul uses a lot of financial language, and he uses it again here. I don't know if you, if you weren't here last week, the, the Jews, the Gentiles, everything was being taken from them. Land, possessions. They just felt mad. They felt frustrated. They felt like materialistically just poor. And, and Paul is literally saying there was a greater possession than money. He said it again. His great love for us who is rich in mercy in order in the ages that he might show his incomparable riches of grace. Friends, there is such a deep, rich, endless amount of grace. It does not run out. There is no insufficient funds, okay? So somebody's been there, right, to tap the card for some Cheetos, and it's like, oh, come on, right? It's 239. There is no running out here, friends. Grace upon grace upon grace, amen? New mercies every morning, amen? Are you sensing what I'm getting at tonight? This is the beautiful message of Jesus. The grace of God is incomparable to any gift ever because he does all the heavy lifting. We do nothing. He does all the heavy lifting. It's the grace of God and there's no gift like it. I'll never forget this one birthday where Trina just had it all figured out. She was just nailed it. Like I woke up late, the kids had slept in. Like she like got up and I slept in and there was like a hot coffee right at the, like it was like beside my bed like I could smell it as it woke me it was like the most beautiful thing ever I wake up and she made breakfast and it wasn't breakfast it was dessert you know <laughs> come on no one does that on their birthdays just me okay good to know like it was like deep fried like it was like a churro but it had cream cheese and strawberries in it and it was literally literally as big as this bible and I had three. It was awesome, you know? And then she's like, by the way, in 45 minutes, you're going golfing. And somebody picked me up with a Red Barn sandwich as I went golfing. Come on, somebody. This is your birthday dreams, isn't it? I know. Let's go. It was so good. 
I did nothing. And I remember just thinking like, man, what did I do to this? Like, it's just a birthday. Like, it's not a big deal. I know some of you are like, birthday week. It's a day, okay? Things are getting out of hand. I'm serious. Bachelor parties and stagettes and birthday, birthday month. <laughs> That's hilarious. If you have a birthday month, we need to have a conversation after. It's a birthday. D-A-Y, not M-O-N-T-H. Like, it's crazy. I just remember thinking like, this is, Trina, this is like literally too much. We just sang a song and it's powerful. It's powerful song. Like, I can't comprehend. I don't have a context for this kind of love. There is a grace so deep, so rich. I don't even understand. Yeah, but I, I sinned even last night, Pastor Lucas. There's grace for you. On my way here, on my way here, I was, I was doing some pretty messed up stuff. There is grace for you. Just having a conversation with someone before the service. Hey, I mentioned some stuff to you. Is that gonna, no. There is grace for you. Are you hearing me tonight, Six? Paul, yes, is painting both sides because he wants you to ask the question, am I walking, right, this Christian walk, am I walking and living out this, this, this life towards grace or towards the grave? Because Jesus already went to the grave for you, right? That's not our call. We're not called to go into the grave and deal with, no, no. He's asking you to walk towards grace. And so these final three verses, as I'm, as I'm closing now, and Raymer, you can join me. Final three verses. Can I just say, if you're a Christian in the house, um, if you can, I would say for sure verse 10, but I just said this this morning, I think it's true. This is like, this is like stuff you should have memorized. And the reason I say that is because I think it is a truth that will help you in dark moments and hard times. Ephesians 2.10 is something that should be like marked in your heart. It should be known, it should be known. This is verse eight of Ephesians 2, so good. For it is by grace that you have been saved, through faith. And this is not from yourselves, it is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. Verse 10, for we are God's handiwork. Some Bibles will say workmanship. Some Bibles will say masterpiece. Created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Or the ESV will say that we should walk in them. This Greek word for masterpiece, handiwork, workmanship, I love this word, poema, which is where we get our word poetry. Listen, there's some poets in here. There's some creatives in here, right? I need you to hear this. You have been written out. Every detail, every word, every quirk, every gift, every strength, every weakness. You have been written by the Lord with detail, intentionality, thought, beauty, and love. We are his poetry. You need to hear that tonight. He's not looking at you and saying, you are filling your last sin. It's not how he operates. I actually think for some of you, you literally, you need to like make some declarations in your life. We did this a lot at Freedom Conference and I think it's powerful. You need to write like, I, Lucas, right? 
am God's masterpiece. Like you need to write that on a sticky note and put it in your mirror. You need to write that and that needs to be your alarm when you wake up tomorrow morning. You need to put that in a place where you're gonna see it on your car dash or at your desk at work, whatever it is, you need to write that in. I, fill in the blank, am God's masterpiece. You need to write that down. You need to know that truth. Let it sit and dwell in your heart. You need to write, I, Lucas, am covered by God's grace. His grace. His grace holds me now, we sang tonight. Look where my chains are now because it's grace that holds me and nothing else, amen? I love that line. It's like kicking chains in the face. Just, I just picture it's like stomping on it. Like That's what happened here this weekend. I don't know if you know that. We had Freedom Conference and people were writing stuff down, writing things that were these sins, these, these soul ties, these things that gripped them. You know what they did? Literally, they took some of those things, they tore them up, they brought them to the cross on that side and that side and they began to stomp on them. They said goodbye, it's gone forever. Because here's what ends up happening with sin and, 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 our, and our heart and our mind. And I had a word for some guys this week and I spoke it over them because I think it's so true. We hold ourselves to such a high standard that we end up nailing ourselves to a cross that Jesus already has. And it's mind blowing to me because I see people who are broken and who are hurting and they're holding themselves to this standard and God's saying, I already did that. I went to that for you. You know why? Because I love you. I don't need you to go to the cross. I went to the cross. I need you to run to me. I need you to receive my grace. I just need you to repent, turn towards me, and I'll do the rest. Fall into grace, we sang tonight. There's not a lot of effort there. You just gotta do it. You just gotta come running. That's it. But for us, for some reason, we just, we, we, we would rather walk in good works with the hope of grace than to walk in grace with a passion for good works. And I know it's hard. I think we subconsciously do it. I'm not like, you doing this. I, I do it all the time. God's not calling you to walk in good works. The first nine, the whole bit of those nine verses are all about walking in grace, receiving grace, being made alive in Christ so that we can do good works that he's prepared for us in advance. God wants you to walk in grace with a heart and a passion for good works, not walk in good works with a passion for grace. I'll say it like this, and then one story and we'll finish. I believe that grace, I've known it, the, the more, the older I get. You love how the guy says that? I pretend to be like a boomer. I'm not, okay? Love you boomers, you're great. I'm not saying that. They call me boomer. That's why I made that joke. Everyone's like, you're such a boomer. I'm 31, leave me alone. heard someone laughing. I am 31. It's true. You're like, no, you're not. I, I believe that grace is the, like, it's the only spot. It's the only place. It's the only thing you can run to where you receive both the health and wealth to actually live out your calling. Why do I say that? Because your calling is costly. Like there is a cost there. It's going to be hard work for sure but it's not something you have to like conjure and do. Remember, I've said this before, grace is the fuel you need to live out a healthy and rich and deep encounter with Jesus to live out the very thing that God is calling you to live out. 
But if you just try and attempt to do it every single day, you'll get tired, you'll get burnt out, you'll forget why you're doing it. You'll get mad at God for not being there when you're doing it. And he's like, I didn't call you to live that out. I called you to come to me every single day to run to the Father. And then we'll do that thing together. Because that's what I do. I work with you, beside you, in every day, in every moment. Amen? So what do we do tonight? Quick recap. You have good works to do. God's calling you something. Something big. He's prepared it in advance for you. You've been made by him to fulfill it. Every quirk, every, every piece of it. But first, his grace is what you need to work in it. This is the start of the Christian walk for everyone, is to turn from their sin and to run towards the Savior. That's it. Everyone's on a journey and everyone has a next step, but that first step is all the same. I, uh, I often kind of pick on Bo when I'm up here and I don't mean to do that. Um, he's just the hardest kid we have right now in the fam. I say that with love in my heart because he's my, he's my son, he's my first son. He's the middle child, I was the middle child. For those who haven't met Bo, when I say he's a hurricane, you know I'm telling the truth if you've met him. And he's wonderful and I love him so much. I love him so much. And the other day, we had, for quite a little while, we've had just a hard go with that little boy. And he's just, he is following the ways of the world. <laughs> he's just so disobedient, I love him. But it just has been so hard. And the other day I just like, I just felt such an empathy and love for him. And I was picking him up from something and he was, he was far away from me. And I just was like, no matter how I'm feeling right now, I just, I gotta connect and not try and correct this kid. <laughs> I gotta love him with all the love that God has given me. It doesn't matter what he's done, he's four. I can't throw on him expectations that I don't even have for my, like, well, I just gotta extend love and grace to this sweet kid. And, and I swear from like that end door to here, he saw me. Dad! And he just took off running towards me. And he hit me with a hug that, that, that put me over. Like I was just like knelt down and he, and he came in and he, I literally fell over. And I just want you to run to the Father tonight. I want you to see him and know that, that he just wants you to run to him wherever you have been. I don't care if you were looking at porn last night. I really don't. I don't care if you were getting drunk on the weekend. I really don't. I don't, I just, it's like, Listen, we, we know, we know that God has greater purpose and life and, and fullness and fulfillment for you. Those things pleasure for a moment, but God wants to show you life in the full for so much longer than a single moment. And so all I'm asking you, all I'm preaching tonight is please repent, turn towards the Lord because he gives you love and grace and mercy. That's it. You don't have to try and become something in this moment. You're gonna to wanna to do that. Don't do that. I'll try and do, I'll come down, I'll be like, I need to be dad Lucas or father Lucas or pastor Lucas. No, I just need to be son of God, running and falling into the father's arms. That's it. Don't try and have anything memorized right now. Don't try and figure it all out on your own. That's not what you need. What you need is the grace of Jesus, period. And so all across this room, would you stand? The team is coming. We're gonna sing that song one more time. And just like, you know, we are, we are prepared just to, 
to sing, to give it all to the, to the Lord. Can I encourage some of you in here? You may need to step out of your seat a little bit and really make like a step or a statement towards Jesus. You may need to come up to the end and get prayer from one of our team members because you just feel so trapped by something. Tonight is not the night you hold on to your addiction or your pain or your, or your sin. Tonight is the night where you honestly come to Jesus, come to the Father, receive grace, and then start stepping forward towards the plans he has for you. From grace to good works. Amen. Jesus, we thank you so much for the cross. In your own words, maybe you just need to say, Jesus, thank you for the cross. God, thank you for the grace that we cannot win, we cannot purchase, we cannot re receive because of some um, merit that we do. God, it is not by our works. It is a gift from you and we claim it and we receive it tonight. God, I pray in Jesus' mighty name that people in here would see that you have knit them together for good works. But first, Lord, would we start with grace for that person who is literally feeling dead, like lifeless inside. For that person who feels like there is no way there is a God who has enough grace and love in their heart for me after everything I've done. Jesus, I pray in your mighty name that your spirit would speak in a way that only you could, that you would show them that there is nothing that anyone has done in here that could hold back your love from them. So I pray love over this room. I pray peace over this room. I pray saving, powerful, merciful grace over this room. I pray that hands and hearts would be raised to you, Jesus, that you, we would see you in a new light, that we would run to you, God, that we wouldn't try and build up something in our heart to be good enough to come to you, Jesus. We would just receive this free, beautiful gift of grace tonight. God, I pray for that person who maybe has already received grace. I pray that they would run back to grace before they start running towards good works. That they would see you for all that you are. They'd know that you have a love for them tonight that they need to claim. And in Jesus' mighty name, would we repent and come to you, Lord, with everything that we have. I so believe that, Lord, you want to speak specifically to this generation now that there's nothing they could do to earn it. Jesus, in your mighty name, we pray all of this. In your son's beautiful name. We thank you for the cross. Amen.